going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema. This is episode 204, where today we're talking about All My Life, Happiest Season from Hulu, and The Mandalorian, Season 2, Episode 7 on Disney+. Plus. I am one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. And it's me, Roger Stillian. Flying the two, just the two of us today, man. It's been, been a while since it's just been me and you. Hell yeah, it has. It's been a while, and it's the holiday week. Who's Hell excited? Yes. We're excited. <laughs> it, although I, I gotta be honest, it doesn't really feel like Christmas anymore. Maybe I mean, because I'm older. But what does Christmas feel like when you're in your mid thirties? That's a that's a very good question. I was just gonna <laughs> ask you. Crippling depression? Does it feel like crippling <laughs> depression? I'm sure. Wait, that's people, it. That's that's it. <laughs> I, I'm sure more people that are willing to admit that you just described Christmas exactly to more people than I'm ever gonna admit that. But oh yeah, yeah no, I, that's I fine. So yeah, I would imagine so. What's going on, Roger? How's your week been, man? Uh, busy, 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 busy week at work. You know, busy trying to get in all our uh, our movie uh, stuff for this week. Um, expect a new lockdown order sometime relatively soon. So who knows how many more uh, in in movie theater movies we get for a little while. So actually, check this out. So Los Angeles went to some weird. They have another stay-at-home order, but it's, it's it's kind of like a soft order. But I don't I don't know how they're enforcing it. But we're not in Los Angeles; doesn't matter. But film and TV are now considered essential. Yeah, I'm not really surprised by that. <laughs> Which makes me super happy because that means I'm not gonna. I'm okay with. I was worried for a while that you know I have a pretty cushy gig here in North Carolina. You know, I'm, I got I got my requested wage. I you know we get to live on location and on the beach. I I'm I'm doing okay for myself out here. I want I didn't want that to end. So now I'm happy to know that it won't end. Yeah, lucky you're not in Pittsburgh right now because uh, PA is under like a hard lockdown right now. So is it? Well, the, the cases in North Carolina are climbing pretty rapidly. Oh yeah, no real um, surprise there. Yeah, everybody's got the Rona, dog. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, vaccines are rolling out soon, right? I mean, uh, started rolling yesterday or this morning or something like that. So I saw an article saying that the the trucks carrying the first vaccines had left the building at yeah. Pfizer. So good, yay. Woo. I agree. Woo. Woo. Well, we're talking about some movies today, Roger. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about some movies today. <laughs> All Ooh. right, this is, this is episode 204. Thank you for the oof. 204 of Four of Love of Cinema, each, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, talk about some movies, and then some trailers. Let's get into some. Well, that was a really bad. And geez, Louise, I messed that one up. But you guys get the gist. You guys have heard it enough times. Let's jump into the box office. Chris is not with us, but he'd be happy to know that the Crudes, a new age, in just a few weeks has brought in a total seventy-six million dollars. That's not bad at all. That's That's a, they must be number. getting some good overseas money. I think it is actually. I think some of the countries that are rebounding are starting to go back to the to, to the movie theaters. Oh, so good! They can keep the entire industry alive. <laughs> Look at uh, you, Australia, uh, New Zealand. <laughs> Half Brothers brought in four hundred ninety k, bringing its worldwide total after after two weeks to one point three million. Yikes! Yikes, indeed. Elf re-release. You're gonna love this, Roger. Bringing in four hundred k domestically, bringing its worldwide total re-release total. To 1.6 million. Mm. Yeah, you know what's not on this list and was not on the list last week. All my life, neither neither weeks did it did it get in the top five. No, I didn't realize that. Yeah, freaky number four bringing in 
uh, actually brought in 310k is now sitting at 14.1 worldwide that's a win baby i think so for them yeah and how the grinch stole christmas 2020 released 268k domestic this is of course the the jim carrey one bringing in a worldwide total of 268 i legitimately wonder why they didn't re-release the benedict cumberbatch one from what last year or two years ago yeah, I think it was like 2018, maybe. Yeah, like that was a decent movie. I mean, and it's relatively new. Yeah, and it's you know people are all about the animation style these days. So yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Those would have been smart, watch whatever right? weird version of the Grinch you want to watch. Who cares? I was never a fan of the of the Jim Carrey Grinches. No, I don't like it. Not really. I gotta be honest. Yeah, I was never a fan of it. I, I mean, that's a very unpopular opinion because a lot of people say that's their favorite movie, the Grinch movie. But I don't. I never like. I just never got into those movies. Well, no, uh, I'll, I'll admit something here either. I'm not a big fan of Elf either, and there's a lot of people that love that movie, and I just I don't see the appeal. No, you know what? And I'm glad you say it. I that's just, just screaming. Elf. That's just yelling Will Ferrell, and that's the worst version of Will Ferrell to me. So. I agree. Um, I I hate Elf. Um, I don't know if I, I, never, it. I, I just don't care about it at all. I just never. I've never been. You know, people hold Elf up on like their favorite Christmas movies ever. I'm just like, how does it rank up there with some of the, like it's a wonderful life or even like home alone, you know, how does it rank up there with either one of those? You know, I mean, here's the thing. And I mean, I'll, I'll talk about this a lot when we talk about our romantic comedies that we get to talk about is most Christmas movies aren't very good. Um, They're really not. It's hard to make a good movie for Christmas that maintains its stuff, you know, the funny or the holiday spirit thing. So I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a tougher thing for people, people to do. I mean, I think it's hard to make a good movie in general anymore. So there's you that know what movie. I, I don't see ever re-release and it could be for whatever reason, but uh, love actually is my favorite movie to watch around the Christmas holiday. I, see, I, don't, I don't care about that either. And I know I'll get some blowback for that, but it's, I just, I do not care about love actually either. Well, it's, it's personal preference really. But... Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I mean, honestly, though, we want to talk Christmas movie for just a second, and I think it won't matter because it's my show and I'll do whatever I want. Uh, <laughs> I love to watch It's a Wonderful Life, you know, the original black and white Jimmy Stewart. Like, yeah, that's, something. that's Frank Capra, dude. Yeah, that's the yeah, best. It's something we watch every year at my house on um, Christmas Eve. So other I actually, than that, I, I actually other... just bought that for, I just bought that on 4K today. Just bought it. Other movies, you know, I don't care about. So there's that. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful life. It's hard to beat. I mean, I don't understand how people hold Elf in the same category as It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, that's a, that's a goddamn joke. Fight. I think so, but I mean, mostly I think it's it's the same. It's the same people that you know say the Marvel movies are some of the better movies Hollywood's made. I just don't think they they know anything else. That's the thing. Is like not. I don't mean know anything else is in like uh, intelligence. I mean know anything else is in they're what they've seen is severely handicapped. And I know that, you know, you and I are the, are the exception that we watch everything or anything we, you know, yeah we watch most things. So there's, there's very little that flies past us or I don't at least have an opinion on. So, and even me, I mean, I watch, you know, I try to watch a movie a day. I have not faltered on that for years. I will try and I'm, I'm never going to falter on that ever. At least one, maybe, maybe, maybe two, but I mean, it's, I mean, I, I watch more than I think 99.9% of people on the planet, but I mean, it's just, you know, yeah, watch a lot I, of stuff. Yeah, a lot, I, I, a lot. I, 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 so I understand why. I mean, I understand that, but I mean, it's I don't understand. I've never understood to circle back people's fascination with Elf. I've never understood it. 
But I mean, whatever. We're, 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 I don't know. As, as I get older too, I don't really like like the old, uh, um, excuse me, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer things. The the old animation, the Burl Lives animation things. Oh, okay, okay. I don't really care about those either anymore. You know what one that I used to love and haven't watched in a while? The Snowman. The Snowman, no, like Frosty yeah, yeah. Snowman, or no, no, no. It, well, there's there's that one, the the old, the very old animated Frosty, but also the the Snowman where that it's it's just like a operatic piece where he's like he's flying that. It's like that, it's that weird animation, not quite you know old Frosty the Snowman animation, but not quite new animation. It's like somewhere in between, but it's the Snowman's flying that little kid around. It's that that, that wonderful song playing in the background. You, I, don't you think, I don't think I know what you're talking about, honestly. We'll have to, you have to look it up after the show and send it to me because I'm not oh, yeah, that's, sure. That's a movie I used to love, and I just haven't. I'm trying to reconnect with it with my parents this holiday season because my mom and I used to. They used to be our thing. Oh, okay. So I got you. I'm trying to make it our thing again. All right. So there's for the for the box off. Now here's the interesting thing is, so this year, 2020, the nothing's really moved. I mean, <laughs> things have, things have left the the docket now. 2021 got a pretty decent shakeup um, as far as later in the oh, year. Oh, you're talking about movie releases. Yeah, absolutely. Correct, correct. So Coming to America 2 has recently been moved to March. Which is um, weird, and- right? Because, I mean, we're weeks away from a movie that's clearly done. And it was going to be released on Amazon Prime Video already, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was – I mean, but they've moved it to March 5th on Amazon. Yeah, what a weird thing to move. I, I agree because it doesn't. If it's on Amazon, does it really matter when it comes out? No, I don't think so. I didn't think so either. But I mean, maybe they know something. Maybe they're just their polling tells them different data that we don't know. Whatever. <laughs> the Kingsman has been moved from February to March. I have a feeling that movie is not going to see a release until at least the summer of 2021. I just have a feeling about that. I mean, we're talking about movies that have been delayed more than a full year at this point. No Time to Die, April 2nd, which is already slated for April 2nd. Peter Rabbit is now April That That movie has had like 16 different release dates. Is it moved uh, April, back to Easter weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's moved back to, to April 2nd, so it's close to Easter at least. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, May is pretty stacked. Black Widow, of course. Free Guy is May 21st. Guys, love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spiral the, from the Book of Saw. Kevin McAllister origin story. Hell yes. Yes, yes, in May, along with Free Guy, and Cruella, Fast 9, and Infinite, all in May. That's a, May's a pretty stacked, as of right now, it's a pretty stacked month. Wait, what the hell is Infinite? I don't know, I thought we talked about that. Ooh, I don't know what that is. Ooh. Infinite is, the IMDb description of Infinite is, a man discovers that his hallucinations are actually visions from past lives. Mark Wahlberg, Dylan O'Brien, she will tell Ezio for... Rupert Friend. Actually, it's a pretty decent cast. Toby Jones, Tom Hughes. Yeah, it's a pretty decent, decent cast. So we'll see about that. But that's looks like it's going to be kind of kind of wacky, wacky stuff to do. And then, so the summer, you know, Ghostbusters, Venom, um, Top Gun, baby, back to July 2nd, where it belongs. America's uh, birthday. America's birthday, baby. And then July 16th is a big one. Uh, Uncharted, Space Jam 2. And of course, that that Barb and Barb and Star go to Del Mar. That movie's gonna get buried. I don't know why they're even bother putting that one out anymore. Um, the, the Tomorrow the Tomorrow War Old is in July. The Jungle Cruise is back on July thirtieth, so that's a big deal. 
Um, you're a big movie for you. Jackass moved to September 3rd. Hell yes. Well, originally that was that like three weeks ago, two weeks ago. That was in January. So now it's moved again. I assume that was going to happen, but uh, the Suicide Squad, a, August 6th, Hotel Transylvania 4, August 6th. Um, a lot of these movies just, I think, are going to move again. Oh, Death on the Nile, which was as of two weeks ago. in was December, coming out, yeah. Has now on, is now September 17th, and it's theatrical. So Which is fine. You know, I don't care about that movie. I think we discussed that before. And Dune, of course, being one of the movies we talked about last week as HBO, day and date with HBO Max and, and theaters. Now, that's a movie that I would I recommend anyone who's, gonna, anyone who's excited for Dune for any reason at all. Please, please, please go watch it in the theater. Your experience will be vastly enhanced. Um, so a lot of people, a lot of people in the Dune camp are pissed off at H- Warner Brothers right now. So, <laughs> why are they pissed? Uh, because they don't want it released directly to HBO Max. They want it to be released in theaters only. Well, I think HBO. If we recover from this thing, and and by March or April that you know everything's under control, I have a feeling HBO is going to go back on their word. That would be a tough thing to pull back. Yeah, I mean, that's... Ooh. Well, they didn't say it was going to be free. They oh, didn't say they, free. Well, that's the thing. They've never said that. So, Yeah, so I mean, I assume there's going to be some kind of a paywall behind it. Now, that's just us assuming. Again, we have no facts. So, I mean, I'm just assuming that they said that to bolster their own kind of service. But who knows? Mission Impossible 7, baby. Yeah, more Tom Cruise. Good, yes. Uh, November 19th. West Side Story, which was, again, I think it was a long time ago it was slated for December. Now it's pushed a year to next December. And Matrix 4, The Nightingale, and Sing 2 are all for December 22nd. Uh, so that's a pretty stacked... Holy shit, we get a Matrix Christmas? We get a Matrix Christmas. Almost as good as a Top Gun Christmas movie. No, no. You don't think? No. Um... Oh, I wanted to say that the the November 2021 Clifford the Big Red Dog, an Elvis movie, Eternals, Spider-Man 3, King Richard, and Mission Impossible 7, all in November of 2021, scheduled for a theatrical release. Yeah, it's going to be a big year. Yeah, I mean, I sure sure hope so. I hope movie theaters rebound. I mean, they certainly deserve it. This has been a really tough year for them. It's been a tough year for a lot of people. Indeed, it has, sir. Indeed, it has. So, what's this? This new set, this new section we've added to the show. What's streaming on Hulu? Uh, you know, I was just clicking through Hulu over the week, and I, you know, Roger, and I think you and I are of the age group, but you remember the old Nintendo sixty four classic, GoldenEye. Yeah. Uh, directed by Martin Campbell, of course. Pierce Brosnan, Sean Bean, Isabella Scorpico, Femke Jensen. She looks like she's seventeen in that movie, although she's not. But she looks so much younger than we remember her. Judy Dench, uh, Goddard, Godfrey John, Alan Cumming. That's 007. That started the Pierce Brosnan. Wait, was that? Yeah, I think that started the Pierce Brosnan era. Yeah, that was the first Brosnan. Of the of the pretty boy Bond with, you know, kind of took away the killer instinct and kind of brought the, they, I guess they ushered in the age of like charm. The sexiness. Yeah, which I don't, you know, I like Bond better. as a, I like the Craig. I like him better as a killer because Bond is a killer. But I can understand what they did. But yeah, I've, I've always remember loving that movie. So that one's available on Hulu for free. Also, Palm Roger, Springs. Well, Palm course, Springs is available on Hulu for free. Yeah, but I mean that was that was going to be my also Palm Springs at the end. But Crawl is on. Oh, hell oh, yeah, Crawl. Crawl is one of those movies. 
We were actually like making fun of Crawl, and then we watched it and we loved it. Yeah, Crawl was one of the few movies over the past couple of years that actually blew me away, which how good it actually was. That, that and um, what's the stripper movie? Hustlers. Hustlers. Yeah, the stripper. That movie was great too. So. Yeah, just, Crawl was one of those movies that just surprised the hell out of me. Like it's a quality movie that it, it you know it moves quickly. It, there's nothing. There's no wasted part of the script. It, you know, it's a lot of fun. You have Barry Pepper. You have Kayla Scudero, and then we have alligators. And then gators, bruh. Gators all around. And then, of course, the legendary The Lord of the Rings trilogy is available on Hulu for free. Extended versions, too. Both theatrical and extended versions are available. Are they in 4K? Uh, you know, I didn't see they were in 4K, but they're at least in 1080. So, But, I mean, look, content is content, so it's available for free if you want to watch that. And, as always, Palm Springs, the best movie of 2020, is available on Hulu for free. But there are so many people. So my my tally for Palm Spring, getting people to watch Palm Spring and loving it and raving about it is now at 12. Good. So, I mean, personal in my life, like, hey, you need to watch Palm Spring this weekend. And then I come into the office on Monday and they are just, Grayson, that movie is phenomenal. Thank you for that recommendation. I wouldn't have watched it otherwise. I'm like, You're welcome, but that's a hell of a movie. All right. So that's what streaming all right. There's not really any current events uh, in life except for, you know... COVID, bruh. COVID. Hopefully we're going to be out of this in a few months. Let's talk about some trailers. Some pretty big trailers came out in the past week. Well, past so, week. Uh, it was a really big uh, really big week for Disney. They had their oh, normal yeah. investor investor show, which we get these about twice a year. We get, the, we get the big December investors thing for the next year, and then we always get their, their D23 Expo. Um, so this is that time of year and they announced what 10 star Wars shows and 10 Marvel shows. It's really kind of incredible what they did. Yeah. You know, so I had a long discussion with a couple of star Wars friends because I have a couple that they would consider themselves diehards that are not really excited about all of the star Wars projects because up until very recently, i.e. the Mandalorian, most of the recent Star Wars stuff has been pretty mediocre at best. Is that fair to say? I think you're being a little generous, but yeah, that's fair to say. Okay, well, I mean, we've we've had discussions about how we personally feel about some of the last couple of movies, but most people would say they're not overly very good. No, not even close. Where, you know, Mandalorian, most people consider Mandalorian good to very good, and that they may be rushing some stuff out to capitalize on this you know the disneyfication of star wars is finally really taking hold Uh, a couple of things i'm personally excited for for the star wars side of it is at least two more projects directly from john favreau um who is the entire force behind the mandalorian well you know what's funny is like so a lot of people consider mandalorian like kind of a like a re-kickstart, like getting people excited again for Star Wars. Because it's something Iron different, Man. yeah, of course. And so Favreau also did the first two Iron Men. Yes. And, like, he's kind of a... You need somebody to come bring out to resurrect the <laughs> franchise? John Favreau is your man. I think that's kind of cool that he's kind of like... I would imagine, like, he's one of Disney's go-to guys right now for, like, all right, oh, yeah. Favreau, what kind of vision you got for this project? Well, you know, I mean, they, they let him, you know, do what he wants in Mandalorian, so... Again, though, you give an intelligent, creative person free reign to make their own real decisions, this is the kind of stuff that you get. 
Now, I really doubt out all 10 of the Star Wars projects that are on the slate, first off, there's no way we see all of them. 10 is just too many. Um, however, at least some of them are not going to be very good. Numbers dictate that they all won't be. Same with the Marvel things. You know, Marvel Marvel went a long way with their Netflix series, which some of the stuff we might get rebooted, which would be pretty rad. Um but yeah, there's going to be a lot of that stuff that's probably not going to be very good because we're just going to get snowed over with so much of it. So, well, the problem is, and I, and I had a conversation, and I don't want to get into this. This isn't this isn't the episode for it. But about how you know, one of my great fears in cinema right now is that uh, one. I mean, this is like one of my deep and great fears right now is that superhero movies are never going to go away, only because it's. I just it, what there's no realism in these movies at all, and it just. Well, that's okay. There's no realism in Star Wars, and apparently, well, no, 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 no. Of course not. But, no, no, of course not. But I had a conversation with someone who said, "No, no, Grace Grayson. Of course, the superhero fad will go away. I mean, it's nothing lasts forever." Now, I hope he's right. I mean, there's, the conversation goes further than that. I wasn't that wasn't just it. But we had about an hour conversation about it. But that is what I'm always been scared of. Is you know, we're just going to live in a mar an age of Marvel forever. And I don't, I mean, he kind of reassured me that's not going to happen, but you know, if we, if it does, does, but with you talking about these 10 Star Wars projects, I think people are going to start to be like, okay, we like Star Wars because, you know, it took place over decades and you got excited for the next project. Now it kind of, don't you risk kind of like an oversaturation of the market? Of course, of course you do, especially with Star Wars, who has 900, you know, parts of this franchise that are moving at any given time, you know? That's that's just the thing. Same with the Marvel side of it, though. Not everything needs to be brought out immediately. You can, I mean, listen. Obviously, I want everything that comes out to be good, especially if it's going to have to be on my radar and I need to pay attention to it. Because the last thing I want to do is waste my time watching more mediocre Star Wars stuff. Now, at least on the Marvel end of it, most of the Marvel stuff has been just fine recently. You know, some of it actually good to very good. Um, but eventually they're going to make a bad movie too. Numbers just dictate that as well. You know, they can't all be winners, son. I was once told by, you know, Mr. Bad Santa himself, Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> so, <laughs> they can't all be winners. Um, yeah. <laughs> when you open the, when you open the calendar, yeah, what, what, what's like an Advil. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be winners, son. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's one. I mean, but I mean, also with the Marvel stuff, the risking oversaturation too. Yes. I mean, look, I mean, time will tell. Well, I think, I think honestly, a long-form Marvel show... Because, listen, we don't really have the long-form Marvel shows from Disney Plus yet. Like, no, but, I mean, we're, we're about to talk we're about, about two to get trailers. A, well, we're about to get a couple of them, so that puts it... Because, I mean, the next one comes out when? What? When's early January we get? Um, I think early to mid-January, yeah, one of these yeah, comes we get WandaVision, yeah. so we'll, you know, we'll be talking about it at length, I'm sure. Um, so, let's talk about... You know, that's a good segue right into... The 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 two big I mean one's more of a trailer than the other one in the in in the sense that it gives you more information than the other one but the the Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki both are both kind of hit the radar this this week and I'm I'll tell you why I'm excited for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I am I'm excited for Chris Evans to be done with this now we all we all know that Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. for whatever reason time travel or you know you get scenes that go back in time. They will both be back in these movies for whatever reason. But what I'm not looking forward to is I have a feeling. Now some of these, some things that were said in the trailer for Loki, 
Um, we look. First of all, we all knew that when Loki died in Infinity War. Sorry, two-year-old spoiler. You know, stabbed. He wasn't dead, or his neck was broken. That he wasn't. Loki's not. Loki cannot die to Thanos. That's not. Men like Loki do not die in by in ways like that. I'm sorry, it just doesn't happen. But so what I'm worried about is because Heimdall also died again. Spoiler from two years ago, and he says he says two pivotal characters, one of them being Heimdall. I hope you're ready. I just, I'm not, if you don't keep some of these characters dead and keep bringing them back, that kind of takes any of the sacrifice that any of them made. It makes it pointless. Well, I mean, I, I sort of agree. I know what you're saying, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with you. Um, because Loki, you know, Loki time, like, so what we get when Loki ends up with the Tesseract, all right, when he jumps out of there, you know, we know he's not all the way to the point where Heimdall is dead or, you know, Captain America isn't there anymore. That's all takes place before that. It has to, at least the beginning of it. So, and which leads us into the trailer itself, though, because with the trailer, he's being tracked by the, you know, the Time Authority or something along that line. And, you know, I think you're going to be jumping all over the place. So, well, I don't have a problem with that as long as now, let me ask you this question. It just, again, this isn't the episode four, but what if. What if all these Marvel shows and all these Star Wars shows are just, you know, like each of them is either a season or it's like a seven episode miniseries and done. You know, they, they set the story up for a character and then, they, you know, they don't drag these series on forever. I mean, that'd be interesting. But for some of the stuff, especially like Falcon and Winter Soldier, listen, if we get good, a good spy Marvel series again, I'm here for it. I really am. Because remember, you know, Cap 2 is probably... I'll- the high point of, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. the high point of the I was gonna say you're right about that. If we get if we get if we get cap two in the form of, you know, let's say a, a ten or twelve episode yeah, season. Give, give me ten forty five minute episodes of cap two and I'm here for it. I am one hundred percent here for it. As long as it's relevant to the story and it's not just shovelware that's just like put out to make money. You know, Marvel doesn't seem to be doing that. But yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about that per se. Um, I, I mean, we don't have a reason to be worried about it yet. That, that's what I mean. As of right now, we're, we're, we're all, we should be expecting good. Now we're going to get the real test when we get WandaVision because WandaVision is going to be strange. So, but I don't well, mind strange. I don't mind strange. Strange doesn't mean bad. So. No, it doesn't. It's going to be different, but one thing Marvel has always been wanting to set up and we're going to get it where they're going to set up their multiverse. Where we're going to get people that are dead, but still alive and crossed over and things like that. That's going to happen. I mean, I know it's going to happen because the title of Dr. Strange two is something to do with the multi- multiverse of madness. So if see, you I'm think okay, I'm, I'm wrong, okay I am not. <laughs> well, see, I'm okay with that. But for instance, bringing, see, I don't even know why you bothered making a black widow movie. I don't, why'd you do that? But bringing her back is, is, I think just it undoes much of that movie. It completely undoes anything. Well, that I don't think you have to bring her back. I think this is more the end of that character per se, and I think we get somebody that's going to pick up the mantle. I really do think that. Well, I'm, I've always been okay with uh, Bucky and Winter Falcon kind of stepping in where Captain America was. It's it's yep, a, it was, and that's okay. It was kind of a natural evolution of those characters, and I, you know, it just it worked because. Those guys are heroes. Well, yeah, that's something I think we're going to get. I think that's what Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be is because America will always, excuse me, the world will always need Captain America. Doesn't necessarily mean it matters who plays Captain America that we have a Captain America. You understand what I mean? 
Even if it's not that handsome bastard Chris Evans. Well, you're right because you know Sebastian <laughs> Stan and uh, <laughs> right are just hideous. Yeah, yeah. Your hideous, hideous beast. <laughs> they're also beautiful people. Jeez right. Louise. You know what's funny is like every Marvel hero is like they're all they're all gorgeous people. All of them. You ever wonder like even like Tony Stark? Even like they're all just beautiful people. Yeah, it's you know, like they're movie stars that play a role. That's weird. <laughs> weird. I just find that funny. Um, <clears throat> all right, so I'm excited for both these shows right now. Now. Flashback to the May of 99 when everyone said, no, 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 no. Episode one can't be bad. Those are four, five, and six were phenomenal. So just keep that in mind that how wrong you were when watching episode one. Well, just remember, remember, let's, let's do a little bit of a throwback. Do you remember what beat the shit out of uh, episode one in the box office? Spider-Man. Little, little, little movie called Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> so. so, I mean, just I, I think people temper your expectations uh, but be excited because we are. You know, I like Loki as a character. Um, I always knew he wasn't dead, and Loki doesn't because Loki and Thor never got to have a moment together where they were brothers. No, you know, like well, listen, if no matter how many episodes of whatever God knows what Marvel shows we got to get, whatever leads me back to more Daredevil, I'm here for it. So because I I love Daredevil and Netflix. Actually, I love most of the Netflix Marvel shows except for Iron Fist because it was kind of lame. You but, know what I'm getting. You know what I'm getting into right now is um the Punisher. Punisher's very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm really enjoying Punisher. I, although I think it's done, isn't it? Uh, well, I mean, all of those are done. Yeah, I, I'm really, but I'm really enjoying it for four. It's worth Netflix, and you know they all they canceled that loop. So yeah. So by the time this posts, um, both of the the Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki trailers will both be on our on our um social media. If you want to check that out, feel free. Um, but be excited. All right, Roger. Now the question: Mandalorian episode seven. How did you feel about this episode? Well, I mean, I'm here for it. Like we we have become since episode four, we are as Star Warsy as you can be right now, right? I think episode seven was at as of right now the high the the absolute best of the Mandalorian was this episode. It was great. I thought this episode. First of all, Bill Burr, congratulations. You played a role and it was dramatic. Yeah. Well, I remember he was in the first season too, so but this is definitely more him acting than and I love me some Billy Burr, obviously cuz you know, I love, you know, comedy. So You know, you know what's funny is that is that guy who played um the guy who played the I, I forget the guy's name that, that he shot in this episode, but that he also played. I remember bringing up Doom a few a few weeks ago, but for Carl Urban, but he played Portman in Doom, and he always plays like these really kind of really. You look at him, you're like, oh, that guy's a skis ball, and like I've watched an interview and he talks about like that's how he's been cast, and he's okay with it in Hollywood. Hey, like, listen, if you ever need somebody to play a villain in a movie, I'll do it. I don't care. I <laughs> do not do care. It. Listen, I, I, it's fiction. It's fine. But I, I watched it. Yeah, that guy talked about how you know he's okay with playing the bad guy. Or he's he talks about like, jokes with him and like yeah, my 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 agent calls me whenever they got a role that kind of turns sleazeball, and I go interview for it. Like that's you know good for him, man. You know, how, you one, know. one of my favorite stories from um, Tom Felton, who plays um, Draco oh, Malfoy, Malfoy. Yeah, Malfoy. is um, back when he was still young. He's he's a little bit older now, obviously back when he was walking down the street one time in London and he had somebody stop, pull over a cab and yell at him, like, leave Harry alone. And, and I was going a little too far. 
are. Uh, well, I think that's hilarious, though, that people take that so seriously. <laughs> I think that I think that's going a little bit too far with the whole unable to tell. Okay, well, that guy's playing a character in fiction. Um, please stop bothering him on the street. You know, that kind of thing. But no, I mean, I think that's I. I think that's kind of interesting that happened, and it happened more than once. It happened yeah, a lot. No, I mean it, it happens a lot. So it is what it is. But this episode, so this again, the past three episodes have felt more like Star Wars. Does, does that make it's sense? Good Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, and like we get to see awesome Boba Fett is just oh, he cleaned up his cleaned up his helmet and everything. His best love is all looking fresh. I yeah. love when Bill, when when Bill when he is recruited and Slave One's landed and Boba Fett walks down the ramp and um, Bill Burr's character is like, oh, I thought you were the other guy. And then Mandalorian and he just walks steps out of the back of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I just, man. And that episode is so like when he's, I'm telling you that scene when he, when, when they sit down in the mess hall with that officer and he has a conversation, like, because then you learn a little more backstory of Bill Burr's character, why he did what he did. Yes. And kind of what makes him tick. And like, that was just – it was so out of left field for Mandalorian. But again, it works in the universe. So to me, that was the best episode so far of this franchise. Yeah, the whole story of the, the how the Mandalorian crew has come together is pretty excellent. And I would like to state that I am very excited that Slave One dropped the sonic missile thing because that's one of my favorite memories of watching Star Wars in the movie theater. When Remember when they're chasing him in Clone Wars? Oh, that's, that's The Empire Strikes Back. No, 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 no. Remember when um, in um, boy the second one, episode two, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, Attack of the Clones, where they're chasing him through like the asteroid field, and he drops it, and it like vaporizes everyone. Anakin's chasing him or whatever. That's one of my oh, yeah. favorite. One of my favorite memories of those terrible movies is how amazing that sound in the movie theater was like, Pong! and like it's, yeah, that was, wait, was that was, was that not in Empire? Did he not use those in Empire Strikes Back? I don't remember. That's one I remember from. So, but yeah, that just it just pleased okay. me to no end. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's a again, that's a that's a good addition for fan service. Yes, so that, no, that tells fans, hey, I'm we're listening. To cater you. to me personally. I am here for it. <laughs> yeah, this episode was a good one, and I expect you know we we get more information on you know the empire and what's happening with that and how like of course the republic is in scattered disarray and like God Almighty, can you please come up with something better than? The Republic is at scattered disarray. My goodness. No, I don't think they can. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I just don't think they can. <laughs> They're so married to this idea that the Empire just keeps coming back regardless. Um, hey, listen, so I'm just I, happy it took like 13 episodes to see a Jedi, you know? So I'm okay uh, with oh, that. Let's, let's talk about the major moment that happens when Mandalorian breaks one of his O's. Oh my goodness. So yeah, we get an extended look at Mando without his helmet on for only the second time in the series. So now we know why that now we know why it has to be him and it can't be someone else doing the voice. Mm-hmm. You know, they finally I thought that was pretty cool. Right up until the moment when it happens, I'm like, how's he gonna get around this? How is he possibly gonna get around this? Because, no, a Mandalorian never takes off his helmet. Until he takes off his helmet. But, I mean, they alluded to it before. And he's like, you know, rules are only rules until you have to go a different direction. You know? Yeah, this was a very this was a very deep philosophical episode. Yes. Which I thought was awesome. Especially when Bill Burr... As, this is very spoilery. But, look, the, the, the people that love Star Wars, you guys have seen the episode already anyway. Yeah. So, 
and when he, and, you know, when everything went went down, and, and they're like they're kind of parting ways. I mean, you know, he's like, I didn't see your face, like looking away, as in like, please, you know, like even though I saw your face, I'm never going to say anything to anyone about this. So as far as I'm concerned, you're in, you're in the clear. Yeah, no, I mean, stuff like that matters. It really does. So I don't think, and also I don't believe we've seen the end of uh, end of his character either. So, and I'm here for that. Uh, the only thing I was disappointed in, we didn't get to see him wear his third gun backpack thing. Remember that when he had it from the one of the earlier episodes last season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The extra yeah. hand that popped out with extra gun in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited to see where, I mean, he, he's gone for now, Bill Burr's character, but he'll be back. Especially when they when they do the when they do the um do the ratings for this episode and they get, they collect all their data from he'll definitely be back. Oh yeah. Um. So look, that's I have a feeling next week or the the next episode of Mandalorian is going to be pretty wild. I have I mean, a feeling. How many more episodes we got? Well, not very many, right? One. Probably. I think one or two, or maybe either I one or three. It, I don't know. I think we I should have three. I think we should have three left. So it's going to go to ten, Six, seven, yeah. and eight. Yeah. No. Eight, nine, and ten. Mm-mm. No, that's not we, accurate. There's only eight. Yep. Oh well, the episode we just watched wasn't it episode seven. No, I'm, I'm positive that was episode seven. I'm was, positive. Oh wait. And, and so, what, what, what? I know that was definitely episode seven. So let's move on then to which movie you want to talk about first. Well, so I want to premise this for everybody here listening that I don't like either one of these movies, so I don't Man, give a shit. Come on. Be <laughs> Please be subjective about this. I, I um, am. I watched the movies before I made my decisions. Uh, fine, fine, fine. Okay, so okay. Let's, 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 let's talk about Happiest Season. Because I always like to leave the theatrical one as you know the one we give the most attention to. Let's talk about Happiest Season, which is you know for local people in Pittsburgh, that's a big deal because it was shot in Pittsburgh last year. Uh, it came out November 25th, 2020 on Hulu. Oh, Directed by Clea Duvall. Um, big cast. Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Mary Steenbergen, uh, Victor Garber, Allison Brie, uh, Dan Levy, Aubrey Plaza. Fantastic Aubrey Plaza, by the way. Um, you know, the, I think the two characters that stole the show, Aubrey Plaza and Dan Levy, they weren't even, they weren't even the main characters. No, not even, not even minor characters, really. Yeah, they were just, you know, kind of there. But, like, so let's – you said something to me earlier, Roger. Now, we don't want to get into that because it's kind of spoilery. But um, let's talk about this, this this movie in 2020 and what it's about. So um, I'll take it over from here because I know what you're talking about. So this movie, the real short version of what this movie is, a, a couple um, going to – um, going home for the holidays and one wants to propose to the other uh, spoiler they're both women so apparently this is supposed to be semi-controversial in 2020 um, turns out though that one hasn't come out to her parents yet which I kind of find strange because the let me ask you a question Grayson right. how old is Mackenzie Davis's character supposed to be in this movie I was trying to maybe late 20s early 30s okay so let's let's assume at the earliest that we're talking 30 years old. Okay. Is that is that a fair number? I think I think that's a fair I think that's a fair assumption, yes. Okay. So we have a thirty year old woman that lives a full life, has a good job, you know, perfectly happy with her girlfriend. Um 
that is afraid to talk to her parents about being gay. Now, we have watched quite a few movies that, um, good romantic films, um, or rom-coms even, that have dealt with this many, many times, right? You know, right. One, of, one of my most happiest movies I ever watched was uh, Love, Simon. I think Love, Simon is amazing. Love, uh, Simon is a hell of a movie. It is a excellent, excellent movie. And then I watched this movie where it's about somebody who has to, like, basically hide in the closet and put on this big facade all for the sake of what's supposed to be comedy. Like, it's not funny to me. And honestly, it's kind of depressing. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. And it's – see, this movie, the poster – the poster and the trailer both make it out to be a comedy. And I don't see the, the categories that IMDb has it in is comedy, drama, romance. I would not, I would say this is a drama romance. I would not say this is comedy like this. Not I, the only times I laughed <clears throat> were from the step away characters of, of a separate character of John who played sure. by Dan Levy, who's basically playing the same character he plays in Shit's Creek. Let's be <laughs> honest. He's playing David from Schitt's Creek, hundred percent. That's what he was channeling. I guarantee you. Sure. But I mean, he, I only laughed. I mean, when first of all, he talked about <laughs> where do you where I do you buy? Like, I want to talk about how much I love these fish, and if I were to get one of these fish, <laughs> approximately where would I purchase one? Where would I purchase them, and how much? As are he's they, pulling you know? it out of the fish tank and flush it down the toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I bet you Dan Levy explodes, as in like now put into perspective. You remember like when Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn became huge names for yeah. years. I bet you Dan Levy is is one of the next ones that is just massive for years, like hilarious. His comedy is great. Anyway, so he if if there is a shining spot in this movie, it is Dan Levy and I think Aubrey Plaza, who really kind of steal the show whenever they're when whenever they're in the scene. Aubrey, they well, the here's the thing: those are those to me. Especially Aubrey Plaza's character, she's like the realest character in this movie. She's not afraid of who she is, you know. She's not. She doesn't apologize for anything. She's just a person, you know, who not everything is always great. And I mean, that's the problem I have with this movie. This movie creates problems that didn't need to be created. And listen, I understand a lot of people have trouble coming out to their parents. I get that. You know, it's not anything that I've ever had to deal with personally. And I mean that as openly and honestly as I can say it. Um, but when we, when we're still having, you know, issues in movies like this, that it's supposed to be shock value and stuff like that. I don't, I don't understand that. I just, I just don't. It's it, it, none of it was funny to me. Like there is a point in this movie, very spoilery towards the end where somebody out somebody else and that's not okay, man. Right? No, it's like, that was kind of a cringy moment. Yeah. Well, so one of the most cringy things here are the way that people act towards other people. And most of it is just like, ugh, is this a real thing? You know what I mean? Like, would we really have this in a, any civilized world anymore? I just don't well, get it. And the same thing happens in all my life, but in in a, in a different way. We'll get to it. But so it's interesting. The the one week we, we we talk about this, both of it happens was the last time I can remember in a movie like really like oh my goodness, like, I cannot believe that character just said that was in. Um, this is going to be a movie you haven't watched in years, Roger. If you ever watched it, Jersey Girl. You remember with uh, Ben Affleck and um. No, I never watched Jersey Girl. And Liv Tyler, but uh, so his wife dies, um, and then he has to. That's kind of this. This is the the, the movie of him kind of reintegrating back into life in the dating world with Liv Tyler. Okay. And 
when he's get when he's getting ready to go back in the city, um, his daughter, who's now grown to love, you know, her granddad and her friends and Liv Tyler, like she doesn't want to go back to the city, and he wants to go back to the city and be his old job again. But the thing is, when she's yelling at him, I don't want to go back to the city. I don't want to go back to the city, Dad. And he says, and he says, um, he just snaps and says, you know, I I hate you too, you little shit. I wish you were never born. Yeah, like, I was one of those moments where I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, Maybe they went a little too far, but in this movie and in all my life, another one of those moments happens for me is that moment in the living room in the happiest season because we're talking about happiest season right now is when they the two the two daughters have that back and forth. Oh, they're, they're the worst. Oh fight. my goodness! Like, I don't think ugh. now since you brought it up, I want to talk about. Imagine you have a sibling and you you know you kind of know their secret, but you're not sure. Do you really want to? out them in front of a whole room full of people some, some political friends some well, that's the other side of it too is you know dad is trying to get into local politics at least in some some you know some facet and you know again i guess maybe it's more true than i would like it to believe because maybe i live in my own little happy world i guess me the person that lives in a happy world um you know i it's just when i look at the dialogue between people and how everything comes out like there's just there's this large gathering for christmas with friends and political uh, allies and things like that and all of this like whole family minor family drama erupts into that and it's just it's cringy at best i I, so. I mean i like to think it's somewhat real but the realism of siblings outing each other and not that girl, given who she is, I don't buy the whole backstory of why she doesn't want to come out to her parents. I, the movie attempts to explain it to you, and, and it's, it's, it is an explanation. I don't think it's a good explanation. Well, yeah, listen, they make an explanation. They make a poor explanation, and we're just supposed to accept it as how things are there, I guess. I don't know. And just... how, the, how the dad reacts is, is also very strange to me. You know, it's yeah. kind of as as loving a family as they appear to be. He doesn't accept that when he, he. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's just strange to me that that whole scene plays out the way that it does. And of I, course, it, I, you know, it it comes back on itself real quick. It does. Well, I mean, I think they who you know when this movie is greenlit, somebody's somebody looks at the script and be like, oh yeah, you know, it could be funny, it could be this, and unfortunately, most of the stuff just isn't there. Like there, there's a point where somebody gets framed for shoplifting, and we get this weird interaction with like mall security guards trying to play like, <laughs> you know, like good cop, bad cop, and I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, wouldn't you just like the thing would be like, listen, either you get the real cops or you just watch the videotape so I can go home. You know what I mean? Well, it's 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 weird to me that those two that that, that like interrogated her. In like the bottom warehouse when they were trying to make it look like the interrogation room, like they either that that scene should should either not exist or, or one be of much those longer, right? Or one of those characters be somehow integrated into the main ensemble cast, you know? Like I mean, yeah. it, but otherwise that that does nothing for you. I mean, it's kind of funny the way they're trying to play it off, but like if you isolate that one scene, it doesn't do anything for the movie at all. Nothing. No, there's no real repercussions for it either. No, it's just the movie. So. so it was it was just in there for comedic effect and comedy in there for comedy's sake and not because it has relevance to the movie usually rings false and that rang false. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, it, yeah, it's just think of some of the better comedies you have seen and all of like the, those scenes like that, they're all very, very integral to the story. They all have a reason for being in thematically and that one just didn't. That the one scene that we're referencing in Happiest Season didn't. Um, and I, I think, also... Go, go ahead, ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, the family doesn't really treat her any... Di- I mean, they make little snide comments, but they don't like restrict her access to the house. No. Even when they think she's tried to steal this expensive piece of jewelry from the, from the store. So like that also kind of rings falls to me, but Mary Steenburgen's, you know, character as the mother, as, as Tipper, maybe that was just her character of always wanting to please people, always wanting to be the, 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 the fun, gracious host, you know, legendary parties, that kind of thing. But yeah. does that, does that character make Better? sense to you? No. That- well, but that's the thing is most of the stuff in this movie doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it's just it just doesn't for me most of it just doesn't work mostly because it's just not funny to me and honestly did you find any of this besides the besides the character of john most do you find hardly any of it funny because i sure didn't if you took john out of the movie i wouldn't i would have laughed two or three times but it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been uh, on repeat viewing zero times. And some of the times I laughed, I only laughed because it was like, it just caught me off guard. I thought, okay, that's kind of clever, but I would not laugh again. But no, if you take Dan Levy out of this movie, you've got nothing. I'm also going to make a uh, statement here that's kind of weird. I don't think Mackenzie Davis did a very good job in this movie in any capacity. I don't think she's a good actress, which... <laughs> maybe maybe she's not. I just, I mean, honestly, I haven't seen her in much besides, you know, Terminator Dark Fate, which that movie has its own issues. Um, I was going to say, I mean, I kind of hold her responsible for destroying the franchise, but no, she doesn't strike me as someone, Kristen Stewart, when, when both those two were together, Kristen Stewart stole the show every yeah, time. Yeah, she blows her away, like it's not even close. No, it, I mean, I'm glad that you and I came to, the, I mean, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but no, there's, Kristen Stewart, for, for as much as, for as much crap as she gets from people, for being, whatever, you know, the, the Twilight There's nothing girl, wrong with yeah. Kristen Stewart as an actor, actress. I mean, Maybe the fact that she keeps like shuddering her mouth when she, but like you know, you've you've heard that everyone mm-hmm. says that. But when it, I mean, when you watch a movie like this, she is light years ahead of everyone else except except John Dan Levy. You know, even Allison Brie didn't really have much of a role in this movie. Well, she's wasted in this movie too, though. She like, is completely she plays the bitchy sister. Okay, who cares? But <laughs> Allison Brie, Allison Brie is better than that. She is. She is you know? absolutely. I agree with that. Like it's it's almost like if you're not going to get if, if you're going to cast someone like Allison Brie for that role, just you know, have a producer pull her aside and like, look, Allison, if you want to be in this movie, we're happy to have you. But there's nothing that really requires someone of your caliber here, and we're not rewriting the script, so it's up to you. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that conversation may have happened with her and her manager, her and whoever she talks to at Creative Arts. I I, I, I don't know, but I imagine. That was that alarm was raised at least once. Wouldn't you have to think that was raised at least once? I see. I don't. I don't know. Like I said, I don't understand. Like so, I read through after I watched this movie. I went back and looked at some reviews and everything. And this movie's widely accepted as pretty okay. <laughs> and I just like I don't. I just don't see it. It just doesn't click for me at well, all. Really. Well, here's the here's the question that I want to. Now, I mean, we both watched the movie, and look, it's got its laughs. It's funny. I wouldn't give this it's movie. It's funny-ish. <laughs> but I mean, does it? 
is it widely accepted because of the content or is it widely accepted because of the or because it's a it's an okay made movie now i think there are two different issues here um is, 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 that, is that safe to say or is that is, is that fair to say or is that just i'm just being stupid i don't know i honestly i don't i don't have a clear answer to that I mean, what if i say neither well is okay that- so i guess i mean there's a couple of the points i want to bring up before we score it but i mean i so let's talk about the character of abby which is Kristen stewart in this in this movie of how now let me the one believable person in this movie. The, the absolute one real person that's, that's not overwritten or just completely yeah. absurd. The, the one person who honestly gets treated very shitty. Now let me ask you something. How many times would you have given her character being who she was, you know, a very okay and and an out woman who loves women in in the family where she was she would have left a long time before that movie ended, right? Like how she was treated. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like 100% would have been like, okay guys, I'm gone. Yeah. Thank like I don't, I don't need this, especially yeah. after the scene on Christmas Eve. <laughs> you know what I mean? If she... Which something really, really interesting happened. The blocking. I don't know. You, you probably saw it, but so Kristen Stewart is way in the background by the door, one hand on the door, like ready to go when all this confession is going down. Yep. And in the, in, in, in the foreground, we see Allison Bree's character. But from the point of view of who's, who's on the other end of the room, of Mackenzie Davis's character, who is Harper, looking at her sister who's in front of her, and then Abby, who's way in the background by the door, the camera keeps going, like, rack focusing between the two girls. And I thought that was kind of cool, whichever girl was in focus at the time. But the more the more stunning cinematography right there, which, by the way, John Gulisarian shot that movie. And I actually got to talk to him when he was shooting the Seth Rogen movie. I had several conversations with him about, you know, being a DP and like how it how much creativity you actually have. And like I actually had some really so knowing that he did this movie, I actually kind of got some of the things that were done in it. Um, so I thought that was really interesting how that the framing and the rack focusing was kind of, I thought that was really, that was probably more interesting than the whole scene that was going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one okay. of those things that, yeah. But I thought that was interesting how they kept, how they used the focus, keeping girls in focus that were being mentioned, but how Kristen Stewart's character was way in the back and she was the most in focus thing. I thought that was really kind of clever. Yeah. I wanted to bring it up. That's, that's fair. But again, are there, are there any more points that you want to bring up with this movie? I don't want to spoil. I mean, we've no, talked I mean, about basically. We may have already spoiled part of it. Well, this movie is what it is. It's a, it's a, you know, it's it's supposed to be a romantic comedy, but it's not a comedy really. It's just kind of a romance drama. It's a drama. It's definitely more drama than anything. Well, it's because now I'll take the reins here. The issues that I have with this movie, I, I think I've been pretty clear with it. I just don't find most of it funny. I don't know how this movie's relevant in 2020. I, I honestly hope, and I mean this with all sincerity, that if you ever had to have these kind of conversations with your parents or some level of dysfunctional family, that it never went down like this. Good Christ! <laughs> yeah, you'd be you'd be you'd be scarred for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you're, um, yeah, just be. I'll, I'll tell you the two moments that I was laughing uproariously, both with John, was when he. Well, every time he's on the phone with her, it's 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 absolutely hilarious. Well, but, I, mean, um, I do admit, I love how he admits it. He's tracking her. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to believe me? I'm tracking you. No, like um, I know everywhere you go all the time. So, 
we already mentioned the goldfish thing. And then when, when, when he walks in this big mansion and he's like, he's like, Abby, Abby, he like yells her name and everyone stops. Abby, and looks at <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so yeah, funny. I, that's pretty funny. But, uh, but again, if you take John out of this movie, if you remove his character, man, this movie is, is bad. Is, it's just, it's, I don't want to say bad, but maybe just it's not nearly as much fun to watch as when he was on screen. And that in that moment at the end when when him and Kristen Stewart are talking, that mm-hmm. is such a that is such a Hallmark family. That's such a Hallmark moment. You know, it's just spoon feeding you crap that you can figure out, but it's just it's basically telling you, you know, like I, I that moment is such a Hallmark moment. You know what I mean? Like it's just oh man, that moment is one of my favorites in the movie because I'm the, I'm a sensitive guy and I like that kind of stuff. But it's also one of those movies moments that God, you didn't need it. You did yeah. not need that moment. At least that way, you could have had the moment separately, but not that way. You know, it's just it just that to me was cringy. That was my cringe moment. It was 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 that moment. Most of this movie was cringy for me. I think so let's, let's let's move to score this bad boy then. What do you um? You want me to start? You want you do you have a strong enough opinion that you want? Uh, to I'll go. go. Listen, this movie's like a four. Um, that's exactly I, what I was going to give it. That's a four. I'm not going to recommend this movie to anybody. I've talked to a couple people about it already, and I gave my honest opinions, and they're just like, I don't know, I wouldn't want to watch that then. I'm just like, obviously make your own decisions. Always watch a movie before you judge it. But I watch this movie, so I get to judge it, and I think it's a four. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it a four, but with the caveat that I would recommend it if you like those people and if you're just in the mood for a holiday or a movie that takes place during the holidays, it's kind of funny sometimes. You know, but I mean, it is the movie itself might not be relevant, but the cast is relevant. So, I mean, most of those people, I mean, Kristen Stewart's always hot. Mackenzie Davis, if she's ever going to be big, now is that time where she's going to be big. I mean, Mary Steenburgen, she's always good. Victor Garber's always good. Allison Bree's huge right now because of that Netflix show. Um, Dan Levy is massive right now because Shit's Creek just won tons of awards. You know, like, and Aubrey Plaza, obviously, you know, they're funny, they work together, but like, other than plaza and this is why it's not a five is man if you take out aubrey plaza's character and dan's and dan Levy's character man this movie's like a three or a two yeah it's not good it's so, just really not I mean, good that's just my whole I, I know there's a big caveat there but i mean that's just what i'm saying it's a four that i would recommend mm. so but i'm it's not very good but speaking segueing it's speaking of things that aren't very good let's segue into my my most recent heartbreak, uh, all my life. Mm. Oh boy, oh boy! It came out December fourth, twenty twenty. A couple's. See, this is a movie about. Okay, let me just. Okay, so directed by Mark Myers, um, Jessica Roth and Harry Shum Jr. Obviously, the the two principals of Jennifer. Two and very Saul. pretty people. Yes, of course they're very handsome. You know they're gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous people. Everyone in this movie is a gorgeous person. Yeah. That's so cool. yeah. <laughs> Um, so this is a movie, this is a true story, which, which I'll be honest, I appreciate that. I mean, uh, yeah, but I appreciate true stories. Figure out what, you know, what happened. All right. So you've seen the trailer. You've basically seen this movie is a couple gets together and then he gets diagnosed with cancer. It's okay for a while. And then of course it comes back very aggressively. And then it's, it's about them dealing with how are they going to live the last few because she gives actually I was kind of I kind of love the the, the the bookend narration of 
Because when you finally figure out how she's delivering it, and I, I don't want to spoil that because that is, I think, the best part of this movie. Sure. Is, I think that's pretty clever in the, when you figure out the narration from the beginning and where it fits in the story. I think that's very clever in itself. Um, I was a fan of that, I will say. Um, but, I mean, speaking as someone who was absolutely super excited for this movie, and I have been for weeks and weeks and weeks and months about this movie. You and Chris both know that. You guys have been you know, ribbing me as we went on. for the Yeah, movie. and listen, I would like to note that everything we said about this movie was accurate. Yeah, so, un- un- unfortunately, it is accurate. Wait, listen, um, I mean, um, I always I always go into movies, uh, you know, obviously sometimes I have the mantra of bad trailer usually equals bad movie. And I hate to I hate to harp on it, but it's a pretty good ratio. If it's not a good trailer, it's not a good movie. Well, you see, I thought the trailer was pretty phenomenal. Actually, well, hold, hold on. Let me let me finish up my point here. The only problem with the trailer for this movie is if you watch the trailer, you watch the whole movie. You literally, you could see. I mean, good yeah. God! Like, yeah. not there's, you know, spoiler. This is a true story. You could find out what happens if you want to, but if you watch this trailer, I mean, it's basically line for line in fifteen minute segments of this movie. Yeah, and I mean, so, it's yeah, that's not, not good. Like, that's I mean, not. I don't good. think it's. I don't think it's not good. But when your movie doesn't have any. When you when your trailer shows quite literally every decent part in the film, that's a problem because then, like for me, the highlight was the trailer, and that's not great. No, but I mean, listen, let's let's give this movie its props. This movie's made to make you cry. Yeah, uh, it's made. It's it's definitely made them to make you feel something. Well, I mean, I mean, what that is could differ from person to person because of, um, you know, this has happened. I'm sure. You know, in in my own life, it's my mother who really suffers from cancer, and it's you know, and in someone else's life, it could be their spouse, it could be you know a child, or you know, it could be a parent. And you just it affects people in different ways. Yeah, I mean, so, the, I mean the short version of this, and you know, it won't be any kind of a spoiler, but listen, make the make the best of the time that you have with whoever that person may be, and you know, the the problem with this movie is obviously they make the best of the time they have. And, you know, it's supposed to be emotional and heartfelt. And yes, it is that a little bit, but there is nothing that you don't see in the first 20 minutes of how this movie's going to play out. Nothing changes, right? There's no, no, I mean, there's no surprise. There's And listen, I get it. It's a true story. There probably shouldn't be much surprise there. I understand that. Listen, there are some heartfelt moments, you know, when they end up raising a bunch of money and, and all that stuff in a very short amount of time that 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 made me feel good, right? Like that's that's what it's supposed to make you feel. But again, none of it's you saw it happen. You knew what was happening after just watching a two minute and twenty five second trailer. Yeah. I, I don't think that's as big as a problem as you do. I do think it's a problem, but I don't think it's like world ending, like you're making it sound. Um, what do you mean? I, I'm sorry, I don't understand what you mean. Well, I don't think it's yes, but like how many mo- out of Let's just say on basic, out of every hundred movies that we watch, how many movies that you could – I bet you we could say that same thing for 80 to 85 movies that once you've seen the trailer, you've seen the entire oh, movie. I mean listen, you can say that about a lot of movies and that's, that's fair. But that doesn't – this is not good. And most of those movies, when you can see the whole thing from the trailer, they're not good either. Yeah, yeah, okay. Point made, point made. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that, that's all I want to – that's the only point I'm making. Listen, there are plenty of movies that the trailer ruins a bunch of stuff, and that's fine. 
this movie's just not good. And uh, well, let's 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 you know back backtrack just a little bit and talk about Jessica Roth and Harry Shum Jr. as Jen um, and Saul. And Jen and Saul, of course. I mean, she is. I don't want to say Harry Shum Jr. is a bad actor because he's not. She's just better. I mean, as far as all the like, the emotional crux of this movie is on. Even though he's the one suffering from this, it's the emotional crux is on her, and you get that by you know, it's she's the one that they chose to have narrating this. She's yeah. the one that you know. She's she the one. Good, that she follow. does a good job at that too, though. She's the one that we follow when when they when they separate. We don't follow him. We follow her when they're not together. So like, but just just by virtue of what you're seeing, she's the character you're supposed to follow. Now I can understand that. I didn't. I don't. I don't have a problem with Harry Shum Jr. Okay. I guess one of the problems I had is this guy is really sick by the end of this movie, and he and he still looks like a model on a runway. <laughs> runway. You know what I mean? He still looks fantastic. Oh yeah. Listen, he's he has all the abs. All the all the abs in the world. This guy's got, and it's just he's got it. But like even in the end, like he still looks phenomenal. And and this is in, in my personal life. You know, I have seen someone when they're very close to death from cancer and they do not look like that. They look well, yeah, like okay, so I, I wanna I wanna I, I do wanna make a point to talk about that for a second. Okay. So besides them telling you he has cancer, like you never know. You never know. You would not know. Besides like his stern talking to's he gets from the doctors with frustrated looks. Like this dude oh my god, the most unbelievable <laughs> bout of terminal liver cancer you could ever see right and like i don't yeah, think that right. funny but he they do this movie does a real bad job of proving to you that he has cancer in any capacity well right? let me let me backtrack a little bit and let me ask you this question do you think that was a choice they made because they're trying to make this a happier because the way this movie ends it's obviously supposed to be a happier story so, do you think that's a choice they made in the beginning of production? You know, when when they're you know first pr- like getting this movie on paper and looking you know you know pre production, do you think that's a choice they made? Like, no, no, no. We're always we we, we want people to we want people to smile at the end of this. I, I don't know, but here I, I understand the question that you're asking. I just don't know the answer to that because I don't think if you're having because. If you're going to have this type of movie where clearly, clearly early on, you, you know what's going to happen, right? It doesn't have to be nice. It can be brutal. Like, what was that Netflix movie we watched a while ago um, with the, the wife that died from cancer, the fiance that died from cancer, like on her wedding day? Remember that one? What movie was that? I don't actually. This just can you describe it another way? I don't know. So, um, I'll, I'll look it up here in a second. Give me a minute. But. Like that movie, that movie portrayed cancer like she was going through, you know, one day she was sick, you know, she went to the doctor, they got bad news. And then we, we watched her basically die, which is depressing as shit. And it wasn't maybe cry a bunch because I'm a bit of a baby. Um, but like, I never got that from this movie at all. I, I just don't. Let me, let me look up that movie. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something when you look yeah, that talk up. For so, that's fine. Um, I, so I want to bring up some things. Um, how they meet, for example. I mean, one of the things of romantic comedies or or a movie like this, a romance movie, is always I like to see how the how the script gets these two characters in the same room and how who's the charming one and who's the witty one. And I I bought it when they met in the sports bar. I I bought it. I mean, I don't know because I mean, again, she's one of those women that like look. She's a ten. Jessica, no, Rose, 
She's Jessica Roby, yeah, she's like a 12 out of 10. I mean, like, and he's not really, but like, he's still like an eight, you know, I guess like a, a handsome scale, I guess. But I don't know if that would have gone down. But I believed it. You know, he was charming and charismatic. And, you know, she was interested. I, I believed it. And then they had their first running date. And I, I believe the whole, you know, the hot dog vendor thing. And then the, then they, then they go to the food truck. I actually kind of bought that as how oh, you're yeah. getting this together. But I do um, love how they like teleport from meeting to going on a date to moving in with each other in about 45 seconds. Well, that's a, <laughs> that's a decision you make though as a screenwriter is how much. Yeah, time no, I, I get that. that. So that movie I was talking about, that Netflix movie, is the Irreplaceable You. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that movie is a better version of this movie. Wait, wasn't that movie about? Wasn't that movie about? She was trying to find him, someone to be happy with after she yes. was gone. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that was that was it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. but when you talk about these movies, you know what? What which one comes to mind is that one with um Amelia Clark and Sam Claflin, Me Before You. Okay. Where he dies, he's got he becomes I don't I forget what disease it is, but basically. He can't move from the neck down. He's yeah. not paraplegic, but he has a disease. Um, that movie, I think, is just better than this. I mean, oh, it just, is. It is know. just better than this. Well, um, I mean, but that's the problem with this movie. There, you know, is there is there any real point of this movie that's actually that you consider overly good? Well, I was getting to one of them. Is okay. the book ending? The book ending moments, for example, when so they've just had a good running date. You know, they've been like kind of like flirting, ribbing each other, kind of, you know, making zings off of each other. She turns around and then the only way I can, I can describe this moment is the Braveheart moment. That's how I know it. The first time I saw it, we're used as effectively as it was, is she turns around for one second and then we come back to her and we're really tight on her face. Like there's like to the left and to the right, there's just, you know there's park behind her, but you don't know anything. We're, we're, we're that tight on her face. Mm-hmm. And she's looking for him because she – whatever you just did, that is so loud, man. Oh, I squeaked my um, chair. Sorry. Um, she's looking for him, and then she finds him, and we're, we're, we're not, we, we, we haven't yet cut away. And then she just smiles, and then we cut to the shot. Now, that's – to me, that's that, there is a scene in Braveheart where you know she's going through the market, and he's w- kind of watching her like – kind of a teenager in love and then she kind of stops for a moment like kind of like ethereally like and then just turns around and look and he's just smiling at her you know one of those lovey-dovey moments but kind of the same moment happens here and it's and it comes back in the end when they're giving vows to each other which i thought was great you know i love that stuff i am a romantic sure Um, but and then there's there's a couple of really tender that's one of the more tender moments and then when they're later in the film when they're leaving the doctor's office and they're walking through the lobby when he just stops and quite literally breaks down and then they embrace, but the camera doesn't cut away and it shows you the hustle and bustle around them. But for them, you know, life has completely almost come to a halt because they're, yeah, the, only ones, shattered. Yeah. Yeah, the, they're the only ones not moving in the frame. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I kind of really enjoy those because there's like, there's really like, there's, there's like a heavy piece of music playing behind it. It's sad. It's, but I mean, you know where we're going with it, but I mean, oh, yeah. So those moments I appreciate. And I, I'm always the guy that if any of movies terrible, I like to pick those moments out. I like to, you know, walk away with something. And it, it, you know, the whole thing with the move in with me of how, you know, he's like, I can't quit yet. I can't quit. I need to plan for the future. You know, I can't afford to quit. And she says, move in with me. It's only been like, they've only known each other a few months. Like, it's crazy. 
You know, it's just, again, I like that. I, I did that kind of thing because that is courage to me. And like, that's even brought up in the beginning of the film, how it takes courage to, to, to find true happiness. You have to be courageous. Sure. Like, that's kind of, so I appreciate those things or those attention to detail by the screenwriter, at least was to, 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 to plant the, those seeds and then revisit all of them later. I appreciated that. So, I mean, yeah. it's not all bad for me. Well, I mean, this movie does have a good point, you know, and I already mentioned it is to make sure that you take advantage of all the time that you have, you know, not to, not to waste it or ever fall back onto things like that because you might not ever get a second chance. And I, I understand that. And also that's, you know, why, like I said, I, I get sad and, you know, this movie does did, you know, unfortunately pulled tears out of my face hole. Um, yeah, uh, me too. I would, the, thing, I would, well, the thing is, I don't know if it deserved it, but I definitely, definitely did. So, but the, the thing is, is, I mean, I still, I got to keep coming back to it, man. There's, there's nothing very good about this movie. It's just not overly thinking. I making the jokes about, um, about them moving in together relatively quickly. You know, they've been together for like, you know, 25 minutes. I wouldn't have decided if I would get, you know, somebody a Christmas present at that <laughs> point where they're like, we should move right. into each other. Like, I don't understand that. No, yeah, that's one of the, it's too, it's super quick. But I mean, like, it's funny how I point that out in this movie, but I don't care about Wedding Crashers, how, you know, after a weekend, he's oh, a, yeah, like, he's a psychopath. And um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've discussed kind of, this many, know. many times. Yeah, yeah, we've discussed this several times, but I mean, to me, like that's I'm okay with it because, like, I, I'm a you know, I be, love is one of the few things I believe in 100 percent without any kind of without without any caveat. I believe in love 100. percent So that's, that's romantic why. and overly overly depressing. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. I just um, yeah, there there are several you know with the the, the 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 whole wedding scene. You know, you know, you know what I was expecting, and it, I think it would have put a bigger smile on my face. What's that? Do you remember when they were at their wedding? And you know they had just given their vows, and it's it's a wonderful moment. And then they go up and they and they start like kind of dancing in the fountain. Mm-hmm. I very much expected you know their closest five or six people that we keep coming back to in the film to join them. I kind of wanted them. You no, know, okay, I could have seen that. That probably would have worked, but I mean they definitely don't. <laughs> yeah, but I mean I can understand why you want to keep. Also, them because you're not supposed to dance in fa- fountains. Well, and but yes, but. And the fact that they wanted to keep it a, a, a more a more intimate moment for our characters—that's you know, sure. Um, I yeah I my so I want you remember we talked about this a week or two ago like no no I know exactly how it's gonna end I was very I, I didn't know anything about this guy's story but I was correct when my prediction was no no he's definitely by the end of this movie he's gone like there's no that's not a spoiler no if, if that's a spoiler if you get mad at the spoiler like that you I mean. You are way too sensitive about spoilers, I think. But yeah, um, no, I mean, you know, you know about five minutes into this movie, what's going to happen? Yeah, because when when she's reading, when she when she's narrating in the beginning, it becomes obvious what she's reading. You know, when I when I uh, when I say things like the words terminal and cancer, you yeah. should understand that it was terminal and it was cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to beat around the bush here, people. Um, yeah, that's going to happen. Be ready. Well, I mean, we're all going to be dead someday, Roger. I don't people, know. I was once told by a very intelligent person that people die every day. <laughs> and you know who you know who said that? It's, who is it? Me. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. do say that. I do say it a lot. Uh, yeah, so I mean, 
If we're talking talking about about All My Life as a romantic movie, um, we're talking – so – but let me ask you this. You got – when you sat down to watch this movie, you got exactly what you thought you were going to get with All My Life. Yes, certainly. So in in a way, this is actually, I think – my, my point is this is a very truthful film. Is that what's... Well, no. My, my 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 point is we always say you know when you when you when you go into a certain kind of movie you know what you're getting. When you walk in this movie and you sit down, you 100 percent know exactly what you're getting. Oh, so I, I knew 100 percent I was going to be crying. I knew it. Well, the same thing. I was there was a couple behind me, um, like four rows up. Uh, no, maybe five rows up. But in between the rows, there was also the the center divide, which divides the theater between the, the bottom section and the top section. Uh-huh. And um, I was by the end of this movie, I was pretty much crying at. And as I was walking, I got up and walked out, and like I wiped my eyes. And then the guy sitting with the girl said, "Me, me too, brother." A few tears came out of my eyes too, man. I'm like, okay, good. I'm glad to know that. Well, I mean, this movie, this movie basically forces you to cry, though. I mean, it really does. And it's, you know, I, I've never been shy about saying when I when I do cry during a movie because I'm a bit of a crier. Um, but yeah, I knew going in that it, it was going to happen, so. You know, did you find did you find any of the other characters? I, I mean, this is one oh, of those movies. No, that, they're pretty useless. Yeah, this movie heavily revolves around the two principals and nobody else. Yeah, they're they're mostly just tropes of what you think good friends should be if you were to make a movie. <laughs> which, is, which, which is fine because it 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 added, it added to the whole putting a smile on your face because I'm glad that the story if if it if the story had an end I'm glad it was like that. Sure, I mean, and that's that's fine. That's fair to no. say. Sure. The wedding. Oh, let me ask you this too. We know what he did. He he worked in digital marketing and then moved into being a chef for his new girlfriend's friend. What did she do? I have no idea. Because she always she never seemed to work, and she always talks about not being able to afford her apartment. Did we ever find out? Oh, yeah. she did? you can't afford your apartment if you don't have a job. <laughs> if you don't have a job, you can't afford anything. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do love that he gives up his digital marketing job to go be a chef in some person's restaurant he may have met like 20 minutes before. Well, I mean, like, look, yeah, if, you know, if you're fine. a good chef, you're going to make money if you're good at making food. Um, yeah, but that's just, I, little things like that, like, what did I, for like an hour after this movie's over, like, what did she do? Like, did, did I miss it? Did she, what did she do for work? Mm. Because they make it a point. To I don't know. I'm gonna have to go look it up now. Because honestly, I don't remember. Hang on. Because they, they 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 make it a point to tell you that they're strapped for cash all the time, and like they're always unable to afford you know the the bills in the apartment, and that's why that that's why they basically have to kickstart the wedding is get donations from people. And you know what I'm talking about? Like they they make it a point several times in the movie to talk about money. And yeah. I don't think we ever find out what she does. Hang on, I'm looking it up here. I, I don't think you're gonna get an answer. <laughs> But does that? I mean, in a movie like this, does it really matter? No, probably not. No, yeah, I, I, I'm assuming know. that I'm assuming that in some draft of this script in the early stages, there was she did have a job, but and then they just abandoned it. You know? Yeah. So, but again, it's one of those things that doesn't matter in this movie. I'm okay with it either either way. You know, either way. Um. So let's move to score this. Okay. And I'll go first since I was the most excited about it. Okay. I've thought about this at length. Um, and like, again, I'm trying a new Grayson where I try not to be like, oh, I, you know, I, I'm, I love romance. 
I'm going to give this the very rare score of a 4.5. Mm. I know you thought I was, you thought I was going to give it higher, didn't you? No. Well, no, because I No, I didn't honestly think that. Um because I'm I'm not sure that this movie is not made for I mean, you really have to be in the mood to watch this kind of movie. You know, it's 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 not like oh you and you, hey guys my friends you want to go watch the new mission. Oh yeah, let's sit around and watch this very fun film here. Yeah, it's like you have to be in the mood for it, and it's a, you know they made a mistake releasing this when they did. They should, especially in the theater, this would have done because this is a date movie. This is a it's not a guy goes by himself to a movie theater mood to watch this. No, this is a couples film. Exactly, this is a and and and, and it's a young couples film at that. Like you know, yeah, probably so. You know, in their twenties, thirties, couples film. It's not. It's it's not a teen film. It's not. You know, anything like that. I mean, you know, that what's that movie that we watched that you <laughs> you hated because she did she made stupid decisions. What five feet apart? Oh yeah. Which no, if you if, if you look at that movie if, if you look at that movie title now you you think it was COVID right? Well, well yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that's that's the entire point of why it's supposed to be that so you don't get diseases because you're. But, standing- six feet yeah. apart that's not the way I, it happened i wanted so badly to give it a five but i'm really trying to rain you, know, you can't i can't <laughs> but i i can it was a four but i can bump it up to a 4.5 because of there's two or three really powerful even if they only last three seconds moments in this movie that i think are worth that that that, that make you that justify your time watching this movie i think that's a, a true statement i mean that's that's fair um I mean, I'll go ahead and uh, give you my score now. Again, it's just another four. It's, I, I won't recommend this for anybody unless, you know, you want to sit around and cry. But, I mean, this movie does do some stuff. It is emotional. But it's, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know who I'd be like, listen, I know you gotta, you, you want to watch this movie. You have to go check it out. I, there's nobody I can say that to. I just can't. You know what? It, w- it would have been way more recommendable had it been on a streaming service. But it's not. Oh yeah, no. I, I think that's a very, very fair thing to say. If this was on like Amazon or Hulu or Netflix, be like, hey, if you want to, you know, want to have a good cry, check this out, or not, not go uh, risk getting COVID to go sit in a, you know, chair and cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's all very valid points, especially in twenty twenty America. All very exactly. Valid. You know, because, I mean that you know, especially if you go into a movie theater and it's packed. Can you imagine like? I don't know how that goes now. I don't know what I'd do if I walked into a movie theater and it was packed right now. Legitimately, and I don't mean this to be funny, I'd probably leave. Yeah, I would leave. I, I wouldn't because, I mean, like, I don't want to – why would you willingly sit next to – and, and there, the there would be no way I'd risk getting COVID-19 to sit and watch this movie in a movie theater. Zero percent. Well, I don't think I would do it for any movie, but, I mean, I would just get another – I'd do it for movie. Dune, goddammit. Well, I don't – I would just get a different showtime. I mean, I, I know everyone can't do that. that. Doesn't I'm, count. I know I'm a single guy with no children, so I, I know that not everyone can just do that. But, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, but I mean, I would just get, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't. Even for Dune, I wouldn't sit in a theater that's packed, I, a sold out theater. I wouldn't do it. Um, but that just seems irresponsible, but you know. Yes. Whatever. Uh, this has been, this is weird. This week. I was just like, like uh, uh... <laughs> We had two kind of depressing this, movies. This is the first time we had two pretty not great movies. I mean, listen, we got a stellar episode of Mandalorian this week. So we, we did. So that's always a plus. I mean, that was a stellar episode. It really was. 
Um, but this has been episode 204 of For the Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now Amazon Music. Check us out there. Leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe, every little bit helps. But more importantly, and as always, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate your patronage. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook. Always posting things there. Um, we're I'm looking into a revival of the YouTube uh, channel for right now. Trying to wait to get funny videos again. Uh, look look forward to those in, in the coming weeks. And um, send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And for next week, because next week is a very festive week, we're going to be checking out Fat Man, which you remember is the Mel Gibson. Um, Walton Goggins movie or rated R movie about Santa Claus. And also on the other end of that spectrum, the Christmas Chronicles two with Kurt Russell. And we'll be seeing episode eight of the Mandalorian, which I hope will be amazing. Hope so. Mm, hope so. Indeed. Rod, you want to make it weird? Yeah. Um, no, maybe. Maybe.